And welcome back to Hoopsburg, a college basketball podcast. I always want to say broadcast. I know. You said it twice last week. I know. know. Well, it is a broadcast, but it's also a podcast. That's Lauren Kirschman to my right on your computer dial. And my name is Eric Hall, and we're going to talk about the college basketball in Pittsburgh. And you know, Lauren... There was a game on Tuesday night that involved one of those teams. Yeah, there was. <laughs> and fortunately, it was on this TV, and not many people saw it because they didn't want to see that. No, that was um, not Pitt's best outing of the season, to put it mildly. Um, they were absolutely destroyed by North Carolina State. For And you would wrote this... Um, in the editions of timesonline.com and in the print editions of the Beaver County Times about the team that is relying on their offense because they're not very good defensively. And this is the second time in the last three games that they've thrown up these awful games shooting. Yeah. Um, and I think the trend that's emerging with the times that Pitt's offense has kind of faltered and the games you can point to are the losses, Purdue, Louisville, um, and now NC State, is that those are teams that have really big, really good front courts. And Pitt does not. Um, and if you look at last night, their centers, I think, came, combined for like 16 minutes, two rebounds, like two points maybe between the three of them. So, I, I, and then when they're not in there, they're really undersized. And NC State was just having a field day inside against them. So a lot of the same problems that they had last year are cropping up again this year because yeah. they cannot develop a center. Yep. Yeah, that, that seems to be the case. So I don't know. Um, I think their best solution is really just to scrap the whole center idea because it's not working and put Sheldon Jeter in the starting lineup and just run. So run like a, a 3-2 type offense with uh, two fours rather than yeah. four and a five. I mean, the centers are making an impact. They're not making an impact offensively. They're not making an impact defensively. They're not rebounding. Maybe combine them all together, act like they're one player give them a few minutes here and there just to give people a rest. But, I mean, at this point, the best players <coughs> don't include a center, and their best, the best that they play doesn't include a center. So I feel like putting Jeter in there more often and just letting this team kind of run more than they already are might be the best solution. Uh, coming up later, uh, we have a, an interview with Robert Moore's coach, Andy Toole. Lauren talked to him on Wednesday. Uh, to preview the weekend's games and talk about a few things. Um, but before we do that, back in the pit. Um, so uh, it seems like that uh, the Panthers were settling for a lot of those 17-foot jump shots, uh, which is part and parcel of the fact that they couldn't get the ball inside, I'm sure. Yeah. It's really it's bizarre how often this team shoots like the 17-foot jump shot. They don't shoot as many threes as they do that shot. It's like... And it's probably one of the worst shots and that you can right, take. Percentage-wise, yeah. it certainly is. It's proven to be, as, particularly with the point, with the possibility of points. If you step back three feet, the percentage might be a little lower, but that you're getting another point makes it a better shot. Yeah. Where in that case, the long jumper is, is a worthless shot, frankly, in, in basketball. And they shoot it so often. Um, especially Mike Young and Jamal Artis, they shoot it all the time. And I mean, they shoot a relatively high percentage, but a games like last night where they're not knocking it down and that's the only shot that they're taking basically all night, what's going to happen is you're going to lose by 20 plus points to a team like NC State. Which is still a bit shocking at home. Yes. Um, 
Although, uh, I guess that's six straight losses now to the Wolfpack. Uh, I think it's... We lost to them three times last year, right? Twice last year. Okay. I think it's four out of the last five or okay. something like that that they've lost. Either way, the uh, NC State, for whatever reason... I think it's just that they're the kind of team that Jamie Dixon teams seem to struggle with. They're athletic. Um, I mean, watching them last night, they don't, they're not very disciplined. They don't run a lot of plays. It's basically just give it to Cat Barber and let him get to the basket was basically the only play that they ran. The, um, the, the one talented guard that can slash and the one talented shooter who can hit threes when the guard has to kick it out. Yep. That's teams that beat Pitt. And the big guys inside. Oh, too. Well, it didn't hurt. Yeah. Um, but I mean, historically. Oh, yeah. You know, we've seen that, you know, that they they seem to can't. If you, if you get that Kemba Walker type player that can get the ball in inside on the drive, and if he can't score, he kicks it out, and there's somebody to shoot the ball. Last night, that was Maverick Rowan. It was Maverick Rowan, who did not receive the warmest of welcomes, but quieted the zoo pretty did you, quickly. Did you see the zoo's um, tip sheet? I did. They were scattered around the media section for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe they wanted us to see them. Um, but yeah, usually they pass those around with all the players on them. And this time, it was just five spots for Maverick Rowan. Obviously, anything you'd ever want to know about him, and he came out and hit his first and shots. More. <laughs> and more. And than more than you'd ever want to know about him, frankly. Yeah. Uh, I thought some of those things were rather funny. <laughs> yeah, some of them were pretty entertaining. But that's, I, somebody did the research. I'll put it that way. <laughs> somebody did a heck of a lot of research. Um, but uh, the one thing that they probably should have researched was his three-point percentage because um, he hurt Pitt that way. Yep. Um, when he was open and hit those threes, of course, he also hit one at the end of the game. That just kind of he did. It was kind of like the dagger, <laughs> the last little twist little. the knife there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he came in and he played well. Um, if they expected him to be at all intimidated by whatever else is going, he didn't seem intimidated in the slightest. Hitting his first three three pointers there, so. And of course, just to reset, Mavic Rowan played at Lincoln Park, the son of Ron Rowan, the former Beaver Falls. Standout who went to St. John's, um, and then and Maverick played two seasons at Lincoln Park. Two seasons, one state then, championship, and then went down to a to a high school. I don't, it wasn't a prep school; it's just no, a high school. Just high school in uh, in Florida. Um, before he committed to Pitt, decommitted from Pitt, and then now yeah. is, is reclassified, and now is at NC State. Um, he lists Fort Lauderdale as his hometown. Zoo wasn't too fond of that. Either. Well, that's interesting, but I will <laughs> I will share a story that um, my cousin who played at Iowa State and then later at Fairfield after a transfer um, listed his hometown as Ypsilanti, Michigan. He was born here in this area and went to high school in Connecticut, but listed his hometown as Ypsilanti because he he grew up there probably from about age two to age mm-hmm. ten, you know, and just that's. Where he considered that's where he considered his hometown to be, which is you know, so <laughs> you know, well, let's let's give Maverick maybe a little bit of a pass there. Um, but um, now, now Pitt has uh coming up, they have um Clemson, but they they have Clemson, they have Florida State, Florida State, 
Neither one will be an easy game for them. No, it's particularly Clemson, who gave Virginia another fight last night, who was one of the hotter teams in the conference. And gives Pitt trouble because they're one of those teams with the yes. and athleticism and the big guys inside. And this stretch coming up here for Pitt, actually, in general, isn't going to be an easy one. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out of it. And Florida State will as well. And, and Pitt... It's dropped out of the AP rankings. They, they're still 20th in the, in the coaches' poll. That won't happen next week after yeah. this loss. Um, so I think they're right back where they um, where they seem to have been the past couple of years in terms of on the bubble. Yeah, I mean, I, that's where I kind of expect them to end up. I still think they're going to get in. Um, but I think that people think looked that, at their early season record there and didn't look at who they played and got their expectations up a little bit too high for this group. I think the Syracuse win uh, looks good. He's looking better because Beheim's back and now, you know, giving, uh, especially after Syracuse yeah. beat Duke. The Notre Dame win Notre looks Dame good. Win looks they good. beat Duke. Although everybody's beating Duke right now, so I really don't know if it. Uh... <laughs> Maybe that won't work out so well. But no, Duke has enough good wins early that they're they're cushioned. So they're still going to be high in the RPI. So any win over Duke, you know, a team that beat Duke is going to be good. Team that's not going to beat Duke. <laughs> or anybody. <laughs> well. I, did, you, did you know I was going to say Robert Morris? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. <laughs> I All predicted right. your transition there. Okay. Um, yeah, Robert Morris is actually coming off of a win, which is something we've only been able to say like three times this season. Yeah, they're coming off of a win. Um, or Bailey Dickinson, um, where they had Conrad Stevens, their walk-on, come in and score 13 points and kind of spark their victory there. So... But now they have to go play four straight games on the road. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and you talked to Andy Toole on Wednesday, and here's your conversation with Robert Moore's men's basketball coach. Talking about, I guess, the games coming up this week now and going out on the road for this long, what's the biggest challenge about in the conference going out on the road for a long period of time? Um, you know, we don't, we don't look at it as, a, as that long a stretch. I mean, obviously, when you look at it on paper, it looks like you know four straight road games, um, but really we're looking until tomorrow, we're trying to figure out how we can try and play well for a second time in a row. Uh, that's really our main focus right now, and um, preparing ourselves as best we can for that. You know, and then I think when it's broken up, the way it's broken up, where you play two games, you come home for three days, and then you, you know, bounce a bus trip, PA's a bus trip. You know, so those aren't always as seemingly far as getting on the plane. And, you know, things like that. So um, so I don't think we look at it as, wow, we're going to be on the road for forever. Plus, we're used to being on the road. You know, a lot of our non-conference obviously is on the road. So I don't think it affects our guys too much. But um, our, our biggest focus is making sure that we can play well tomorrow night. Um, obviously, missing Aaron Tate for what looks like an extended period of time here. Um, Billy Jowles inside. How important is he? What do you need from him on a consistent basis to kind of make his presence felt inside? You know, I think, you know, um, Billy has done a great job kind of sliding into the middle of the zone, which is not where we wanted to use him at the start of all this. Um, and because he's a, a really good teammate, he's willing to do whatever. And so I think it's been a little bit at times unfair to him because he's been matched up against some bigger guys, some more physical guys. I think that's worn on him a little bit. Uh, we need him to still be energetic. We need him to still be detailed. You know, he hit a stride in, you know, mid, mid-December. Um, and even uh, a little bit in early January where he was very, very active. In you know, the last couple of games, he's been as active. 
and I don't know if length of the season or some of that stuff is is, is part of it, but we kind of got to get him reinvigorated, you know, uh, because we'd like him to be more aggressive on both sides of the ball. He's gotten some foul trouble lately, and some of that's just some being worn down a little physically, and then you know having to kind of bang against some bigger guys. So, um, but we need him to to play well. You know, we need him to be. You know, a guy who can catch and finish around the rim like he's shown. He's got a great touch around the rim. He's got really good hands. He's got the ability to go, you know, one, two, three jumps, you know, which is rare. Um, and we just need him to be as, as locked in as possible and, and, and trying to accomplish all the details as much as possible. Going off what you said, you said you needed to be active. How big do you need him to be on the boards and rebounding for you guys, especially missing Kate like you are? Yeah, I mean, when we rebound, we, we, we have success. And when we don't rebound, we put ourselves in really tough spots. I mean, to look at... You know, the Wagner game, the St. Francis-Brooklyn game where you get basically doubled up on the backboards and it's a one-possession game just makes you scratch your head. You know, I'm not sure what else you need to see in order to understand how important rebounding is. You know, um, give up 18 rebounds and lose by have the ball with a chance to tie the game on a couple occasions against St. Francis-Brooklyn. Give up 20 offensive rebounds against Wagner and have two shots to take the lead with under a minute to go. Think of all the extra possessions that we just, you know, Add those to the turnover situation, and you just basically want to just throw away, you know, 20 possessions per game. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Billy being on those rebounds and, and being alert and being active, and, you know, I think he did a good job in, in the second half of the FU game digging some rebounds out, getting some offensive rebounds, which is nice. You know, we had 15 offensive rebounds in the game on um, on Saturday, which is like seems like a milestone for us. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, we talked about it even after St. Francis Brooklyn. Like, we gave up 18 offensive rebounds, and 16 of the 18 offensive rebounds were by three guys. You know, uh, Andy Fall, Chris Hooper, and, and, and Tariq Gould got six, six, and four. So, to me, it's not like everybody's just, you know, it's not a jailbreak on the rims. It's one or two or three guys making a concerted effort to go to the glass. Well, we need two or three guys making a concerted effort to go to the glass. We need Elijah. We need Billy. Hopefully, if Drake comes back, he can do that. You know, we need Rodney at times when he's playing, if we're playing a little bit smaller, to get to the glass. Right? And those are some of the guys, that, if they can go and get a couple offensive rebounds for us, we'd be a, we'd be a better off. You know, I, I watch film sometimes and, and you see our shots go up and no one even makes a run of the glass. Well, you're not getting any rebounds in that regard. Um, and so that's, uh, I think, you know, an important thing for us on, on both sides of the ball. When Billy is playing well, when he is rebounding well, is really active on the boards, what do you see from him and what does he need to do to, to kind of do that more consistently? Uh, I mean, what I see from him is, is great production. You know, he's had some really good games of, um, you know, 8 and 6 or, you know, 12 and, and 7. And, you know, he gets our opponents in foul trouble at times. You know, he's, like I said, he's really good finishing around the rim. Um, you know, he's, he's active defensively, closing out to the high post or fighting guys in the post. He gets up and down the floor quickly when he's when he's active. You know, he's one of our fastest guys, uh, and, and so I think that those are the things that we, we need to see on a regular basis. And I don't know if it's just you know him hitting the wall a little bit and kind of having to take a deep breath, regroup, and and you know get his wits about him or whatever. But um, we need some good play out of him coming down the stretch of the year. I mean, talked about him not necessarily playing where you saw him um, this season. Has Aaron kind of been helping him at all? Um, kind of helping him get settled in where he, he is? He has. He's been helping, you know, kind of uh, giving him, you know, some pointers and, and trying to coach him a little bit in practice. And, you know, when we do some breakdown stuff, Aaron will go down and, and be with those guys and try and, you know, just give him some little tips and things, which helps. You know, obviously Aaron's so much more physically, and, you know, stronger than Billy. Uh, it makes it it makes it sometimes hard for Billy because, you know, he's pounding against guys all day long and 
you know, with Andre being out especially, there's not a whole lot of relief, you know, if, if, if you have Andre and Andre can play, you know, 15 to 18 minutes of solid basketball and now you're only fighting with those guys for 22 or 25, it's a difference than, than 30 or, you know, and, and it might seem like not a whole lot, you know, five or six minutes, but that could be the difference between staying strong and breaking down. So um, rebounding is the word of the day down at uh, Moon Township then? Yeah, um, it's been a struggle for them so far this season. And if you look at a lot of their losses, I mean, they're getting out-rebounded by a lot and they're giving up a lot of offensive rebounds, which has been a really big problem for them. Um, And like you heard Andy say, and um, like I brought up, a lot of that is not having Aaron Tate in there. It's a really big loss for them. He's so strong and he just made such an impact in there. So it's about getting guys like Billy Giles and Elijah Minnie to really start crashing the boards. Um, Billy Giles is not as strong as Aaron Tate. He's smaller um, and he's playing the five spot, which is something he's not used to. He's used to kind of being around out of the perimeter a little more. So it's kind of something he's still getting used to, but he has had games where he's gone in there and gotten rebounds and they've played a lot better in those games. So I think getting him to do that more consistently is a really big key for them. Um, coming, getting into conference play here. And uh, we'll see if they can actually win a few games. And, and at this point now, they're just trying to make it into the NEC tournament. Speaking of trying to get into the tournament, um, these segues are just <laughs> gold. They're just gold. Um <clears throat> Duquesne women in the national spotlight after winning 15 in a row or whatever it was um, laid the golden egg down at the Palumbo Center in a big loss to George Washington. I, I, I mean, I still think with their profile, they're they're currently pretty comfortable comfortably yeah. in the NCAA tournament to get that first bid in program history. Uh, but they got to watch again, as we discussed. Here come the tougher teams: your Dayton's, your St. Bonaventures. It's it's not going to be yeah. a, a walk in the proverbial park for the Dukes. No, and I think, I mean, they were bound to lose eventually. They weren't going to keep yeah, they that couldn't shit go going forever. forever. Right, um, yeah. I think Saturday is going to be a really good game for them against St. Bonaventure. It's a good team. I think they're 16-2 and two, um, on the season. So um, that would be a really good win for them, a really good conference win for them as they get into the tougher part of their schedule here. Um, so I think that's a really big key game for them as far as building their NCAA tournament resume. Okay. Um, you were 0-1 on your picks, by the way. Oh, um, how about... Duquesne plus 13 at Virginia Commonwealth on Wednesday. That's our local game. It's on the board. I'm going to take Duquesne. Okay. I, w- I will go the other way. VCU, playing well, playing at home. And I, I still don't think Duquesne, although they had a good home win over St. Bonaventure, uh, I don't think they're all back together still with dealing with the injury to Jeremiah Jones. Um and I think uh, you have to fade him a little bit after that win over a good St. Bonaventure team. Uh, so you're taking you're taking the Not Dukes to plus win. thirteen. Not to win. No, 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 plus thirteen. We're taking <laughs> okay. plus thirteen. I just to entertainment, be clear. <laughs> entertainment purposes only, of course. Well, uh, that'll wrap this show up. I think we kind of almost hit the time, um, or we're going to get yelled at again. So, <laughs> but you can, uh, if you haven't already, you can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes on SoundCloud, and of course at timesonline.com. You can read Lauren's stories at timesonline.com or in the print editions of the Beaver County Times uh, pretty much every day now until uh, the end of the NCAA tournament. And we want to thank uh, Andy Toll for giving us a few minutes uh, of an interview today. And uh, we'll be back next week uh, on Hoopsburg, a college basketball podcast.